Welcome to the weekly podcast of Bright Star Bible Church. I'm Pastor Michael Branch. As we begin, we pray, Lord, sanctify us in truth. Your word is truth. Good morning. Um, As many of you know, Michael is feeling under the weather, uh, so keep him in your prayers. Um, And unfortunately, he's asked me to Uh, be up here and spend the morning with you guys. Unfortunately for you, I'm excited to be here, a little nervous, but that's okay. We'll work through it. Um, Now, whenever Michael asked me to fill in, uh, he said that I should probably start with a testimony. I know that some of you guys know me. Some of you know me whenever I was much younger than I am now. Um, But, you know, I don't have some mind-blowing testimony, but I do have one. Um, And so we'll kind of go over that. Now, I felt a little better whenever he mentioned just tell your testimony because there's probably not many people who's as comfortable talking about themselves as I am. So I should be fine at it. Uh, so I'm going to try to, I'm going to try not to read so much. I want to have this as a conversation. And so it lasts longer than 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, and with that being said, at the end, Michael had asked for me to mention to you guys, we're kind of going through some revelation uh, doctrine that we're talking about with, with Michael on Sundays, the, the mask of the beast, there's going to be so many things that people probably have questions about, and we can use this as an open discussion at the end to talk about any questions that you might have. And what Michael wants to do is take those questions about Revelation and put them in his sermons in the next come in, coming weeks. So uh, I don't know anybody who doesn't have questions about uh, Revelation. It's, it's confusing you know, it, if you get reading into, into it too much, it gets scary. And, uh, but that's what this is all about. We are a tight-knit group. We're a smaller family church. Uh, so we can have those conversations. It doesn't have to be one way all the time. Um, so if you guys have any questions about that at the end, we can certainly talk about it. And that's something that Michael can touch on in the coming weeks. So I grew up in Bixby. And I lived there pretty much my entire life, except for the time that I was in the military. My family was one of seven families that started a, a small church in downtown Bixby. Uh, they actually separated from a First Baptist church and kind of started their own. It wasn't quite a church plant, but it, I mean, in many ways, it's very similar to what we have today. So it was in the early 90s, and I really remember it fondly. Um, I was surrounded by godly men and women who had families of their own. And we pretty much kind of meshed together and, and went through life together. And with that, I mean, we would spend every, just about every holiday together, everything from um, you know, firework shows to Christmas parties and camping trips and late night Bible studies. And so the, the adults got close and the kids got close and we, we just kind of grew up together. Now, as we started to grow closer, as you guys know, when something good starts being planted and starts taking root, uh, our, the enemy will often seep through it. And I witnessed Satan attempt to tear families apart individually. But with the family that we had there in the, in the church, we were able to, they were able to pick each other up. And I, obviously, I, I, was a, I was very young at this time, so I was just witnessing this. But... Um, adults would pick them up and you know, carry them through the tough times, uh, through financial hardships and marital issues, miscarriages. I mean, these men and women, they were truly there for each other. And that's what I love about what we have here at Bright Star is that 
we were just talking earlier. I, I made some mistakes one day whenever I was up here leading worship. And if you don't have a musical ear, you probably didn't even hear it or know it. But I was kind of devastated. But that being said, it's not like I could be fired. So that's okay. Uh, I have a family here who backs me up and tells me it sounded great, even though it probably didn't. And so I love that. I, I love being a part of this. Uh, now, I got saved whenever I was eight years old. And my parents had taken me and my little brothers to um, my uh, my parents had taken me and my little brothers to a late night Bible study, like I was telling you earlier. Probably because they didn't have a babysitter, and you know there were some other kids there, but I got to sit in and listen to the Bible study in this uh, in the house of one of these families that that go to the church. And that night, I accepted uh, Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and. I remember sitting on the back porch with my pastor and my parents and about three or four other adults in that group who were all there supporting me and, and uh, answering my questions. And it was, it was life-changing for me because I knew that I had this, this foundation. And I think that was really important for me growing up. Now, um, I knew each of, these, each of these other adults personally and I was able to use them as mentors and ask them questions uh, if my parents weren't around. And um, I think that that's important, too, to see not just my, my dad and my mom as a mother and a father, but also other godly men and other godly women uh, basically replicating what the church is as uh, husband and wife and, and spiritual leader and, um, and that, that Christ-like family. And so uh, I truly... I truly love this. Um, now, over the years, we saw some tremendous growth. Uh, there were new people coming in, and uh, you know, people would move on and you know, go on to other things or simply grew apart. Um, and the church basically outgrew that small family. Michael mentioned something about this in a few a few uh, sermons ago where he's talking about the, the church will see the most growth when we're at this small, tight-knit stage, and then it slows down tremendously after you've gained about 150 people. And so that, that small, tight-knit group kind of dissipated in that church. And I think that that's what is the story for a lot of churches in the, in the area and what I saw growing up with my friends' churches and things like that. So this the church that I went to was certainly not alone in this. And with all the growth, somehow the gospel was replaced by marketing and appeal. Um, I remember whenever I was, I was probably in middle school and being invited to a church that had uh, every game system you could ever imagine or trampolines or skate parks, uh, you name it, the churches were doing it to, to, to bring kids in. And, and these are all great ideas, except... Uh, whenever it's mixed with unclear, watered-down versions of the gospel, um, it actually is very disastrous. And unfortunately, I fell victim to it. I had so many questions, and no one seemed to be able to answer my questions. Or if they gave me an answer, it would be a completely different answer than what someone else gave me, who was another you know, uh, leader in the church. And so it, no one seemed to have a clear idea of what, what it took to get to heaven or, you know, um, 
I, I have friends who speak in tongues. Why don't we speak in tongues? Why don't, you, you know, the Bible says in one part where we're not supposed to eat, eat uh, pork. Are we not supposed to eat pork? If I'm not supposed to, I won't eat it. Like, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I just want to know what the truth is. And I could never get those, those uh, straight answers. It was always a different answer to the same question. Um, and I get it. The, the Bible is certainly not in the easiest book to read uh, or comprehend, but maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe we've missed something. Maybe the churches that were started in the 90s and long before missed something so simple that everything else was, was just not falling into place. Almost like, um, almost like there's contradictions in the Bible. And I, at one time, believed that, which sounds crazy. Now, I've got a joke for you. Um, so a man walks into a room. It was, it was going to be a bar, but I stuck with my better judgment. Uh, a man walks into a room, and in that room were five preachers from five different denominations. Uh, he walked up and he asked them, you know, I've always wondered, what do I have to do to get to heaven? I mean, it can't be that difficult, he said. And immediately, the fundamentalist stands up and he says, I'll tell you exactly how to get into heaven. It's very easy. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself. It's a gift from God. It's not of works. And then the Catholic interrupts and says, Hold on a minute. You have not told him everything. James 2, 24 states that ye know that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. So you see, sir, it's not by faith only, but of works as well. Could there be anything more clear than that? Then the Church of Christ preacher stands up and says, Now wait a minute. You too have not told him everything he needs to know. Let's look at what Jesus Christ himself had to say. Mark 16, verse 15 through 16 says, And he said unto them, Go ye unto the orders and preach the gospel to every creature. And that believeth and is baptized, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But the believeth shall not be damned. So baptism is also required in order to go to heaven. Could there be anything more clear than that? As soon as he was finished, the Pentecostal preacher jumps up in and he says, uh, Now you have told him some things. But you have not told this man everything. Uh, suppose you have done everything that these other preachers have told you to do. How would you know that you are truly saved? Do you want to know what Jesus Christ has to say about this very subject? And the man says, absolutely. Give me something, please. So the Pentecostal preacher tells the man, Jesus said himself, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's from Mark 16, verse 17 through 18. So you see, the Pentecostal preacher says, if you are really truly saved, these signs will follow you. Jesus said it himself. Could there be anything more clear? And without saying a word, the man turned around and he ran. He thought they were crazy. Every single preacher who are men of God, who read from the same Bible, 
the same scripture had completely different things to say. How could that be? Now, I know that's not really much of a joke. And unfortunately, it's an all too real situation that I think can easily turn people away from Christ, turn people away from the gospel because they feel like they can never get that answer. Um, And I'm sure that situation that we've all probably experienced to some degree, not being able to get a clear answer as we're growing up and we're asking these questions. So how can there be so many different answers to such a simple question reading from the same scripture of the same book. Um, Now, like I said before, I thought at one time the Bible had to have contradictions or something, which didn't make any sense at all, being that it is the holy word of God. And if I'm being completely honest, that's kind of how I've looked at scripture uh, for the majority of my life, unfortunately. Uh, And I I, I had no idea how truly simple it was. And simply by rightly dividing. It's the only way that all of these passages fall into place. This idea that some of the Bible was written to us while some of the Bible was written for us was revolutionary to me. And it, at one time I, I would read and well say, well, why, you know, why doesn't that apply to us? Why does that not apply to us? If this over here does, why does this not? And rightly dividing knowing who that is written to will completely change your entire outlook on the Bible and especially the gospel. Now, my path has certainly been a long journey with ups and downs and twists and turns, uh, like many of yours, I'm sure. One thing that I've learned from my journey, though, is that God never, ever gives up on us. No matter how hard we fall or... uh, or how far we fall, or how much dirt we carry, or grime, or rust, you're carrying on you right now. Because of rightly dividing the Word of God and the, and the gospel, none of that matters because Jesus paid for it. He paid for all of it. And there's nothing that we could ever do ourselves, no, no amount of good works, no, uh, no matter how much you tithe, no matter how much you give to the poor, nothing we could do ourselves could ever pay for that. And Jesus is the standard that we will never live up to, ever. That's why we need him so desperately. So that's where I am today in my faith. And I've always known that God was there. I got baptized whenever I was very young. I got saved when I was very young. But I never really knew how or why he could still love me. It didn't make sense unless you rightly divide the word. Uh, So, and that was something that I never learned from my parents or my mentors, not even my pastors taught on rightly dividing scripture. They never spoke to us on what was for us or what was to us. And I'm not sure if they even know, knew, except for the obvious things such as pork um, or, uh, you know, burnt offerings, things like that. Uh, so whenever it came to the tougher questions, they just didn't know how to answer it. So they stayed off the topic. Now, I told you my story growing up in a church that started very similar to this and the size and the family that we have here in this room and online. Um, 
But my story will not be the case for our children. It won't be the case for us even as we grow older in age. Now we can sit back and we can truly read the scripture the way it was meant to be read by simply saying God was speaking to Abraham and Israel, not the Gentiles, or Jesus was speaking to Israel, not the Gentiles, in, these, in, certain, in certain places in scripture. And it's very clear once you know how to see it through the lens of rightly dividing scripture. So I'm so excited about our future together and the growth that we're going to have together, maybe not in size. If we grow in size, that's fantastic, but the growth that we'll have spiritually in our hearts, I'm so looking forward to all of that and and being there with you, each and every one of you. Our children will know, and if they don't know, they'll know that they can ask and get a solid foundational biblical answer. It won't be a, an idea or a thought that came from them. It is strictly what was given to us by the Lord himself. And we'll give them the truth. I truly love our church family. And in all honesty, this connection that I feel with every single one of you here and online, who are people who aren't able to join us, I, I love being a part of Bright Star Church for that reason. I love to watch my my kids grow up with your kids and I love that you're able to see my children grow up and whenever my, one of my kids does something they're not supposed to, I know that we have a solid foundation of what morality is and you will, you'll come to me or you'll get onto my kids right then and there. I, I appreciate that. I love that. Otherwise, that wouldn't happen in a larger church. I love where we are together. I, I love this idea that Michael has set up with the, the church that we have in Texas, our sister church. And I'm so excited to be there with you guys, whether it's Colorado or it's just a, a, a late night Bible study. I'm so happy to be a part of this church. And I am 100% all in. I just ask that you guys do the same if that's the Lord uh, leading you to do so. We're, we're going to be facing some difficult times. Difficult times are ahead. There are pastors being arrested for simply doing what we're doing right now in countries that at one time it was, it was I mean, nothing, it's just like this. So as we slowly see a darker and darker earth, don't think that it's just uh, despair and it's just darkness and doomsday because this is a love story and this love story is, a, is the best one you'll ever read. And it's not over yet. And we, have, we will have victory in Jesus. And so as we hear more about what may be coming our way as a church, uh, there may be things that we're not allowed to speak on or we'll lose our, our, our tax uh, ID status. Michael's already said that's not a problem, but... Whatever comes our way, we know that we're in it together. Look at these people that are next to you in this room. You guys are this church. We are a family. And no matter what comes our way, we can stay strong because we have each other and we have the scripture. It is imperative that we know each other. I want to know each and every one of you deeper. 
I want to know your family. I want our families to mesh and live life together. And I think that um, we have every opportunity right now to do so. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you were encouraged by the truth of God's Word. If you're in the Tulsa area and are looking for a local church family that teaches God's Word, then join us at 1030 every Sunday morning. Or you can join us live online on our Facebook page or YouTube channel. Until next time, brothers and sisters, as Paul instructed, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you.